You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to our monthly podcast covering the February releases of the AIB Irish Manufacturing and Services PMIs. My name is Cormac Canan from AIB Treasury and I'm joined today by Oliver Mangan, AIB Chief Economist. Morning, Ollie. Good morning. Starting with the AIB Ireland Manufacturing PMI, the February reading slipped back to 57.8 from 59.4 in January. Anything to be concerned about? No, I think uh, the key thing to realise here is 57.8 is still a very, very high reading for this historically. So, and 59.4 was a you know an elevated reading in January. So, both readings will be consistent with uh, continuous strong growth in the sector. Uh, it's interesting. I mean, we we all know manufacturing is doing well worldwide. Uh, obviously, there are there are supply difficulties, but manufacturing has rebounded very very strongly uh, in the last year. And looking at the February data. The Irish index is 57.8, as you say, and that is bang in line with what we've seen in, in other countries. I mean, the Eurozone, the UK and the US, the initial readings are at 58.4, 53.3, sorry, 57.3 and 57.5. So the Irish reading of 57.8 is right in line with those um, readings for those larger economies. So globally, manufacturing doing very well, it continues to do very well in February, and that remains very much the case in Ireland. Um, if you if you delve down through the the sub components of the index, you know there's a further significant increase in manufacturing output. Um, although the rate of growth is slowing, it, it's it's continuing to rise, but the pace it's not rising as quickly as it was, which is not surprising because you had a surge in demand last year. Um, I suppose what's encouraging is to see a further market increase in new orders, and you know the respondents referenced markets reopening, businesses reopening uh, with the removal of COVID restrictions both here and elsewhere. Employment continues to grow in the sector. Now, it was at the slowest pace in the year, but Fairmont again referenced that they were having difficulty recruiting staff due to labour shortages. I mean, we're seeing this in all the main economies now. Labour markets have tightened a lot. Unemployment's coming down. Demand is strong, and, and firms are finding it hard to, um, to, to, to find labour, find workers. Again, I suppose, that combination of very strong demand and, if you like, some headwinds in terms of the pace of growth in, in, in output was we can see it again in terms of you know, a further marked rise in backlogs. And what I mean by that is unfinished work orders. That continued to rise sharply. And again, firms are blaming, obviously, they're not blaming strong demand, but references against that background, having experiencing shortage of inputs, delays in terms of getting supplies, as well as you know, both high levels of staff absences owing to COVID and also finding it hard to recruit workers. So a problem of success, if you like. Uh, but having said that, you know, firms remain very positive on the 12-month outlook. And one of the ways that they've met this surge in demand when there are constraints in, uh, in terms of production is a further run down in inventories. And that really has been a pattern in recent months. Strong demand, manufacturers struggling to keep up with that and running down their, their stockpiles, if you like, of finished products. Now, I suppose, again, not surprisingly, what we're continuing to see is acute price pressures in the manufacturing sector. And what I mean by that is continued marked upward pressure and prices for raw materials, energy, transportation. Uh, so firms are continuing to face cost pressures that may remain quite intense. And they've responded by increasing out price, output prices. And in February, you know, for the manufacturing sector, both input and output prices accelerated to rise at near record levels. And the survey goes back over 20 years. So there's no sign of a let up in terms of the upper pressure on prices being both on the input side of what firms are charging their customers. 
Okay, thanks, Ollie. Uh, moving to the AIB Services PMI for February, the index picked up strongly to 61.8 from 56.2 in January and 55.4 in December. What drove this pickup in activity, Ollie? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll reference earlier there in terms of the manufacturing side and the pickup in new orders as restrictions were lifted. COVID, sorry, it's the services sector you know, over the last year has been more impacted than manufacturing by the imposition of restrictions on activity to control the spread of the, of the COVID virus. And again, those those restrictions restrictions were imposed in December and then lifted towards the end of January. The lifting of those COVID restrictions um, saw a marked surge in activity in the services sector uh, in the month. And as you said, the index the index jumped jumped quite dramatically. It increased from fifty six point two to sixty one point eight. So one, the size of the increase in the index is is very significant, and also the level it's got to sixty one point eight is a very high level for the index. Now. Not surprisingly, you know, restrictions were, were in place in other economies as well and have been lifted. And we know the UK has been running ahead in terms of doing that. So we saw a similar pickup in the services PMI in other economies. And but however, I'd say the, the Irish index, the, the, the jump was bigger and to a higher level. I mean, the, the, the initial readings for the Eurozone, the UK and the US, the index readings were 55.8, 60.8 and 56.7. And as you say, the Irish index has 61.8, is a good bit above that. So we saw um, a more marked acceleration in the pace of growth here in the Irish services sector than elsewhere. Now, when you look at it, I suppose what stood out in terms of the sunk components was a particularly sharp pickup in growth in new business, including for exports. And that just reflects economic and business conditions uh, improving as the pandemic wanes and, and restrictions are lifted. Um, the, 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 the services sector survey covers four different sectors, four subsectors, all the way from business, financial services, down to things like tourism. And all four subsectors recorded very strong growth in new business and also strong growth in overall business activity. So, uh, you know, real pickup in the sector in the month. Now, um, again, the more on the manufacturing side, there was a further rise in employment, but again, firms are, are experiencing difficulties in terms of recruitment, uh, and not surprisingly, with, with demand or say, with demand surging and orders surging, uh, we saw a very big increase again in the volume of, of outstanding business. It actually, the backlogs, if you like, increased at the fastest pace in over twenty years. So, similar to the, the top we're seeing the manufacturing side, and again, firms remain very optimistic on the twelve month outlook. They're, they're looking for activity to gain further momentum as the pandemic pandemic recedes and that was particularly noticeable in the tourism and travel sector which obviously has been most heavily impacted in a negative way by the COVID restrictions. Uh, Again the more on the manufacturing side there was continued marked upward pressure on input prices particularly for higher labour costs, higher energy costs but also fuel, insurance, shipping, uh, even customs duties associated with Brexit. Uh, and you know, input price inflation again uh, increased at its fastest pace in more than twenty years, uh, and it's the same. You know, that the prices charged to customers also increased at their quickest pace uh, uh, in over twenty years. So, as we see in the manufacturing side, continuing uh, acute upper pressure on prices, both input costs and what customers are being charged in the services sector as well. Thanks, Ali. So, apart from obviously the the, pr- the price pressures, it's it's generally a. Uh quite an optimistic uh, outlook for uh, the economy. Um, I know it's early days, but have we any initial indication of the potential impact of the Russian invasion of Ukraine and the ensuing humanitarian crisis on economic activity? 
Yeah, well, obviously it's given rise to a massive humanitarian disaster. We see hundreds of thousands of people fleeing the country. Uh, the economic implications, I think, uh, well, the, the initial one, that we, we've seen a surge in commodity prices, oil and energy in particular, and that's spread out into other commodity prices as well. So it does mean that inflation is going to go even higher um, in the short term. Uh, it poses quite a dilemma for central banks now who had wanted to tighten uh, monetary policy because of higher because of higher inflation. But now this could have a negative impact on global growth as well. It, it's, it's very uncertain, but certainly higher inflation depresses real disposable income uh, and lessens the ability of households to spend. There's also a high element of uncertainty which can damage uh, investment. So it will negatively impact on economic growth. Um, but I think the main focus will be on the impact on inflation. The early indications from central banks are that they're likely to adopt a more cautious approach to raising interest rates. So, for example, expectations that interest rates could rise by 50 basis points in the UK and the US uh, this month. That's come off the table. Uh, it's expected to be more modest, 25% or 25 basis points increase in interest rates. In terms of the ECB, it may now be <coughs> slower to withdraw monetary stimulus and raise interest rates uh, later on in the year. Indeed, the markets have scaled back their expectations that we could get at least two rate increases before end year to now just one at most in the eurozone so i think a much more cautious approach from central banks in terms of tightening policy they'll keep a very close eye on developments uh, and they may just have to live with higher inflation and less <clears throat> of monetary tightening given the negative impact this is likely to have in economic activity now the early estimates are it, the impact on growth may not be that great. Um, the, the ECB is talking maybe about GDP being 03 04 05% uh, lower this year. But uh, it's we have to wait and see how, how the war develops. Uh, as you said, there's you know, a humanitarian crisis as well. Uh, and there's considerable uncertainty about how events will unfold in the next number of months. But I think for now, a more cautious approach um, um, by central banks. The other thing that's likely to happen is maybe some downward pressure, which we're already seeing on the euro, given the eurozone economy is more exposed uh, to uh, Russia, it's especially in terms of its energy dependence. So <clears throat> if any central bank is more reluctant to tighten, it may well be the ECB. So there has been some downward pressure on the euro uh, in recent days as a result. Great. Thanks, Solly, for your insights and thanks to our customers for listening. To stay up to date on financial markets, please press the subscribe button to AIB's Market Talk wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for your time. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.